We believe running is freedom and empowerment. We believe running solves problems and makes people happy. We even believe that if more people run, the world will be a better place. We believe in running because it is our passion. This is the Big Peach Running Company Run ATL Podcast with your host, Mike Cosentino. From the capital of the South, this is the Run ATL Podcast. My name is Mike Cosentino. Thank you for being part of the fun, this audio journey. We get started right away. We do so the same way we do every two weeks, introducing you to your old or new friend, depending on how many episodes you have in your own personal history, Dave Martinez. We call him Dolomite Dave. He is D2. He is here right now. Well, I can be an old friend just simply based on age. <laughs> that is true. I think there was a an expression in the conversation we had last time during our small or local business episode that somebody made that, oh, we're old friends when Nick and Josh were talking about each other. I wondered which context it was. I'm glad you're willing to own either. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and another really special episode today. Samia Akbar. She is our featured conversation. She is also the fastest American-born black marathoner. Some of you may remember we had Keith Kelly on a few episodes ago. I turned over the hosting duties to my daughter. We had a package deal with New Balance. We said, my goodness, y'all have some great athletes in and around your building. We're working with y'all every single day. Who are some of those great athletes who also bring us great content? And Samia's name came to the top of the list. She currently the marketing manager at New Balance. Her history, like I mentioned, very fast marathon time. And of course, the fact she is a black runner. Yes, we are going to hit that again, rightfully so, giving us all something to think about and even more importantly, societally, something that we can all be better for and do better in the future. Samia gives us plenty of guidance there, D2. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, uh, since we've already spoken to her, you know, it's like she is just, you know, very pleasant. I can't so, wait so to, pleasant. yeah, I can't, I mean, I want to meet her in person. I, I, you know, and we've talked about that afterwards. I hope the time is drawing nigh for us to do so. If she makes a trip to the great state of Georgia for the holidays, that needs to be on our calendar virtually. My goodness, does not get it done when you've got the level of energy and enthusiasm that she does. For sure, that's something we need to do. Also, want to say a little bit about the holiday season now that it has unfolded. Peachy Bucks was a term we just introduced or teased out. Now we can say a little bit more. Talk about why Peachy Bucks is relevant. So, you know, we've done a, a, a similar program for the last, you know, you know, several years, and it's a way of kind of saying thank you to those of you that have supported us. And, you know, especially this year, um, because of the pandemic and everything that's going on with COVID, you know, to be able to support us is, is you know, we have, a, a, you know, a huge amount of gratitude for all of you. And, you know, once again, to say thank you for supporting us, we've uh, started this program called Peachy Bucks. We've officially given it a name. Um, and basically it's, you know, as you come in and you shop with us, um, you will be rewarded for your, your purchases and you'll be giving uh, additional uh, value to use in the future um, as for what we call peachy bucks to spend. Um, so based on how much you spend, the more you spend, the more you get back. It's something we've done in the past. 
And, um, you know, it's it just now we've given an official name for, you know, I guess, for marketing purposes. Right on. That's good. That's why you wear so many hats so well is because you get us to be better with each day, certainly with each holiday season that goes by. What is also going to come very quickly is the conclusion of this brief break we're going to take and our introduction, or perhaps for some of you, our ability to re-familiarize you with a great person, a great personality. You're going to want to tune in in unedited Samia Akbar right after this very brief message. Do your feet hurt? Feel any discomfort in your joints or lower back when you run? Your shoes might be the root of the problem. Whatever your fitness level, your feet should be comfortable and your shoes shouldn't be the cause of an injury or keep you from achieving your fitness goals. Come into any of our seven Big Peach Running Company locations for a free three-step fit process, including a video gate analysis. Our professional fitters will help get you into shoes that fit so you can enjoy running, walking, or any activity that requires you to be on your feet. Our 100% satisfaction guarantee will give you peace of mind if your new shoes don't live up to your expectations. Simply return them. No problems, no hassles, no time limit. We want to make sure you're completely happy with your shoes so you can achieve your fitness goals. Visit Big Peach Running Company today. And welcome back to the Run ATL podcast. We told y'all we were amped about the conversation we're having today because it is so timely. In fact, it has always been timely and now wonderfully we're having the conversation more often. We said we were going to. Here is us delivering that promise to you. We told you a little bit about our featured conversation in the intro. Samia Akbar now joins us. Samia, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. It's so good to be with you guys. Well, it's awesome to have you here. You are just a ray of sunshine. We can tell from your voice and your enthusiasm. And I know that doesn't mean that your year has been any less strange or had (laughs) any less going on that sometimes makes you wonder, is it going to be all all right? And of course, that was part of why we were so excited to catch up with you. And, And we mentioned, obviously, the good fortune of... A partnership we enjoy with New Balance. Certainly that is near and dear to your heart. We're going to touch on that a little bit. And then also, given some of the headlines of 2020, we said we just have to talk to those who can help us better understand, help us better move forward, and most importantly, help us better be better in the future and as the record holder, the fastest women's U.S. born black marathoner, we believe that person is you. Are you up for it? I'm all the way up for it. I'm all the way in. That's awesome. So let's set the stage for those of you who did not remember this time. May I remind you back in November of 2006, of course, this is not happening this year, but the New York City Marathon, I believe it was still ING that was the title sponsor back then. But in 2006, Samia ran two hours, 34 minutes and 14 seconds. Still to this day, the fastest, as I said, marathon time for a U.S. born black female That is something that is super cool and now gives us some perspective. I would imagine for you, Samia, it's probably at least a little bit hard to believe that was 14 years ago. Yeah, a little, you know, I mean, I have to say that I'm probably reminded every day when I go out for a run, (laughs) 
recent. Uh, but yeah, it's that was 14 years ago. It's pretty pretty crazy. <laughs> well, before we talk about that distinction and some of the things that I think you'll be able to help us learn and come to better even appreciate, take us back to that that day because none of us are going to be running New York City. So I think even just a trip down your memory lane would be good for all of us. And I get that many of our listeners have no interest in the marathon distance, or even if they do, may or may not have any interest in running around the boroughs of New York City as part of that distance. But it doesn't change the fact that it would be kind of cool for us to relive a great day in American sports history, and that was when you were out there running that race. So give us a little bit of that trip for you from the start line to the finish. So one thing I'll start off by saying, because this has been a hard enough year um, for all of us, and um, I think it's important for me to state that I am definitely in the camp of like, if you've run a mile, um, and if you run sometimes, then you're a runner. Mm. And um, considering yourself only a runner, because you've completed um, 26.2 miles, is like totally ridiculous and unnecessary in my book, oh. you know? Um, so we are kindred spirits. So true. Yeah. 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 So, um, you know, in fact, I feel like after having completed a few marathons in my lifetime, there might be like some running goals I've had for myself going forward, but I personally don't even really see a need to like get back into that particular race because there's so much involved um and it's a hard event as a distance runner to to be a part of you know like I'm much happier at that like half marathon distance but New York itself has an extremely special place in my heart um because it was my um, first marathon and also um, continues to be my PR. And um, I just have so many good memories with New York Roadrunners as an organization and doing a lot of the my racing like in that city. Um, and then like finally doing New York City Marathon and just seeing how spectacular that one particular race is. First off, it's like, so global um and just like in preparation for the race and the like days leading up to it when all the work is actually already done and you're just doing like your shakeouts in central park on the horse trail seeing all of those beautiful people from around the world who have been preparing just like you've been um for months and months and months like i mean that alone um, don't even have to be a part of the field and um, just like feeling very connected to like your fellow brothers and sisters like on the planet right you see <laughs> all people wearing these like jackets with their national flag on the back and you hear all these different languages and everybody's like you know you know just keeping the park buzzing leading up to the race. So there's that. Um, And then it was my first marathon. And so I was like probably so nervous Um, now that I like really think back on just like the days leading up to it. And um, that for me, for anyone who knows me is 
um, a, like pretty unusual. I'm definitely that person that's like really laid back, not, I wouldn't classify myself as like an anxious person. Um, but I remember feeling like, uh, pretty wound up before that race and just thinking about, um, all the things that I wanted to go, you know, the next day. And then, you know, you have, as an elite athlete, you're a part of these technical meetings that happen with the elite field. And um, I feel like that's when like the, my nerves like really start to kick in. And for a marathon in particular, um, and this kind of speaks to kind of the complexity of this race in comparison to a lot of other races you can do as a runner, there was just a lot of talk about people that are that were essentially in in those days right like a co-worker so just another elite runner that is a friend that i saw on the circuit maybe we talked about like doing some pacing together i remember having a conversation i can't remember who it was but there were some people that like were injured and so people that i thought i would be kind of like in a like working with during the race um they weren't there um, and I remember meeting this woman, Claudia, I'm drawing a blank on her last name right now. I'll figure it out later, or look it up for you guys. <laughs> um, but I remember being like introduced to her at the technical meeting and like both of us having like a sigh of relief because we talked about the fact that we wanted, we were shooting for kind of like the same target pace and so that was really nice because you don't want to have to go into running a marathon every mile like alone right um that's not ideal and one of the reasons why people choose some of these awesome races like in new york is because of the incredible crowd support right um you you don't want to be in that space where you're hurting or things are getting tough and you just have silence and there's no one around so i was like so thankful to find this woman and she ended up being like a guardian angel because she was more experienced she was like probably 10 years my senior i think at that going into that race and um we stuck together, we ended up sticking together until, you know, we were kind of like rounding the bend going into Central Park. So that was awesome. Um, I think, again, you know, there's from this like elite perspective, you get up super early in the morning. Everybody knows about this when you go to New York because there's this logistical thing about getting to the start line um, to a place that people aren't actually, there's no foot traffic there generally, right? Mm -hmm. So I was on a bus, um, this elite bus that takes you to the start line really early in the morning. Before that, I think I ordered a, like a bunch of food at like three o'clock in the morning or something like that, something ridiculous. Um, and it was like pancakes and some other stuff but I really picked over it and it's like this, that strange feeling that I think a lot of people know on race day where you have to eat something and you know, like from a logical standpoint that you have to eat, but you're not really that hungry and you know, you're not really used to eating at like three in the morning, even though I had practiced that folks. Um, 
part of my job as an elite runner is to make sure that there's no surprises on race day um, for something like a marathon that you can't just do over um, the next weekend. Um, so I remember that being a part of my morning. I remember going um, to Staten Island and being in this like elite tent and being like super nervous and then getting ready for the start line. And that I have to say is like a magical running moment um, because you're in the elite field and it's just, so it's not like you see these camps of people that are starting to accumulate for the other start time, but um you're not really with those folks. And so it's just this like adorable group of um, fast women, right? That are like being um, led over to the start. And then you start and it's hilarious because you know that you're around these incredibly fast world-class runners and um, you wanna just take off, but that's not really the pace that you're going for a marathon. <laughs> It was like an awkward um, situation, you know, where the start, you start the race and you're kind of, you just basically feel like you're jogging. Um, and it definitely just felt like a dream because you know you're endeavoring to do something that's a really hard effort, but you're on this bridge. Like I said, that there's no like foot traffic on normally. So you feel so special that like your feet are gracing the pavement of this like place. And that like all the runners before you and all the runners after you that are doing New York are going to have that same really special experience. And, and then you just kind of like get going. Right. Um, I don't know. Is that like a good way to start off the, well, the, the conversation for sure, because there are three things at least that I pulled out and I would say, well, gosh, we should unpack each and every one of them. We won't not this time. Perhaps we'll have you as a regular contributor, but first of all, for those who maybe are new to this lifestyle, you're running for the first time or for the first time in a long time, you've started a walking routine and man, to Samia's point, we are so proud of you. We are so with you, or maybe it's just one of those things where you've been doing this for a while and maybe there's just this part of you that's starting to miss the race day experience. But what you said, you were nervous. How about that? From a professional yeah. athlete, they get nervous as well. So it is okay. You mentioned practicing the eating of pancakes at three 30 in the morning. So there is a great tidbit right in the fact that leave no variable to the extent that you can control it and try to do it beforehand that leaves no variable. And then of course you mentioned just being thankful for being out there and man, can we relate to that right now? The fact that we may be doing it by ourselves or those with whom we're quarantined. Sometimes yeah. it's tough. Some day, days we don't get our day or the weather we wished for or the route we wanted, but my goodness to have that spirit of gratitude and just that thankfulness is an awesome reminder. So yes, you nailed it. You did indeed answer it correctly. Here's where I'm going to take us though. Instead of pulling out all the tips that you could give us as a professional runner, as an elite athlete right now, we're going to kind of set that aside and there's no way you're a stranger to being first. I mentioned the distinction that came with your performance in New York city on that day, but you were also the first female track all American at American University. You set indoor and outdoor school records, obviously as a professional athlete. 
I know you had your fair share of disappointments, but you also had your share of victories and being first and being the one everybody was talking about long after the clocks had been packed up and put away. But one of the things that I have seen that was really cool for me to read and yet had me step back and go, gosh, this is why we want to talk to Samia. Here we are a decade plus and we talk about that performance. And I think all of us would wonder if we happened to be first, or we set a course record or we had a school record or we had even a PR, would we be able to say, well, that's surely going to get beaten. Some of us would almost be offended if somebody suggested it. Some of us might say, no way, that was my day. That's my record for now and forever. And yet your comments on the record are, it is a, and this is me paraphrasing now, but your sentiments, I believe are, it's a darn shame that there's yeah. not another black female who has been faster than that at this point. Yeah. Yes. Let's talk about that because I would agree with you. I would not have thought of it, but after I read that from you, Samia, I thought, my goodness, she's right. Yeah. And that underscores some of the challenges we're having right now. So unpack that for everyone. Give us a sense of why you might be on the record or why that disappointment is true that here we are at a decade, almost a decade and a half later. And yet, you haven't had the chance to celebrate someone coming along and saying, I gotcha, Samia. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to me, it feels like there's definitely something going on with this sport that I love so, so much, full of people that I like love and appreciate and admire. Um, and that's given me so much in my life. And so I feel like when I see that there's not another person very much like myself, um, an African-American citizen born like in the United States that grew up here and was raised here and is participating in track and cross country and maybe runs at a college level and goes on to run professionally and happens to like, you know, find themselves in like distance events and the marathon, um, which I feel like is like a natural progression for a lot of people in general, like in our sport, like that's how you become an elite runner. It's very strange to me that um, when it comes down to like race, that we haven't seen another African-American woman sort of like in my um, same like trajectory because I feel like all of us can relate to seeing like your cross country team or your track and field team. And um, it's a very global and inclusive sport in that respect. Like there's not a lot of barriers to like joining a track team or a cross country team per se, but it just makes me wonder like, how welcome people feel, how encouraged they feel to try these different events um, wherever they are in the United States. And it makes me think that there is some cultural indicator. Um, some of it is just from just like being a part of the sport myself and um, like having encouraging coaches and teammates and also facing people myself who made me kind of feel like I um, wasn't 
like as welcome maybe um, as part of the the sport. And I think for me, it's not so much like other like coaches or athletes, but more um, from like a coverage and like a visibility and like a media standpoint, like who's represented and what do people see and what do people know about the opportunities to make, um, to, to be a distance runner, like as a career, right? Um, it's obviously not as high profile as some other sports. If you um, are amazing at basketball, you know that you could aspire to be in the NBA because you can watch those games on like almost any channel, like several days a week during the season. Um, but running is not the same way. Um, and I think that, you know, there's that kind of just like general access and the profile sort of of the sport on one hand. But then, you know, if you drill down, you just wonder what kind of like messaging people might be getting that may like deter them from from like being a part of the sport and feeling like it's a home for them, that this community is has a place for them and that um, you'll be, you'll be welcomed and encouraged, you know, to kind of go that direction. So, so how do we help change that? And you use the word messaging and, and, and mm-hmm. I was thinking, or even in my notes, the word encouraging, how do we mm-hmm. create an encouraging environment? And I just pulled up for those who may be interested, just a quick rundown, Dina Castor at 219, Jordan Hesse at 220, Shalane Flanagan at 221, Joan Samuelson back in 1985, fourth fastest U.S. marathon time, 221, Amy Craig also at 221. I could go on and on. We already talked about Samia being at 234. How do we create an encouraging environment? Because when I saw this, I was just like, how is that possible? that all this time has gone by, but there are all these women and not knowing the environment of any of them. Yes, we've had some of these on our show or we've had these conversations where we've run into them at manufacturer boondoggles where they're a presenting speaker or what have you. But at the end of the day, without knowing the environment of anyone, I have to believe there is a gap that exists currently for African-American or black. And I would venture to say men and women. Mm-hmm. in distance running, if there's this level of depth before right. we get to Samia Akbar, I just can't believe that there's not something that could be done to change this. So tactically speaking, what are some of those things? If you say messaging, what are the messages that we need to be putting into the market? And if it's other things, my goodness, we want to learn. Do not hold back. What might those be? Yeah, I think that um, part of it is you just actually like really hit a nerve. Like there are um, African-Americans competing in track and field in America um, from like a very young age. The person that actually encouraged me to really um, do the sport in high school was a friend of mine named Faith Rhine, who was a sprinter and had done um, like those summer track programs that you see for little kids. And that's kind of how she started. And then she was the person that was like, you should try out for uh, the track team in high school and we can just hang out and spend more time together because I'm going to do track and there's no cuts 
there wasn't when I first started. Um, it started, the program started to grow. And then I think we did have to cut people like my junior and senior year. But um, I was like, awesome. She's like, yeah, all you need are some sneakers. Like, it's going to be rad. So that's kind of how I started. Um, and I think that, you know, my coaches, obviously, you know, one thing they do across the board is they see things in you that you don't necessarily see in yourself. And I had tried all kinds of things and I had had a bunch of different coaches in the course of four years, but I know for sure that, um, you know, definitely by the end of like my freshman year, after trying a few different types of events, um, I was encouraged to kind of move up in distance and go on a four by eight team. And then when I kind of excelled there, um, you know, my coaches kept like pressing me. And then also like with high school, it's kind of fun because, you know, you're doing like two meets a week sometimes, things that you wouldn't normally do as a professional athlete. Um, and so you really get a chance to chop it up and try new things. And so as far as like messaging and encouragement, I think that one simple way to in working with the pool of athletes that's already um, probably involved in track and field as a sport and running as a sport um, in our American school system, like that's a part of the answer is, you know, talking to looking at everybody as the same, right? Like sports is a great equalizer. So if you're a coach or, or, you know, um, somebody that kind of has the ability to um, encourage someone or inspire them to try something is to talk to them about trying these events. And like many distance runners of every background, um, you end up sort of like moving up, right? Like you start with like what you think you want to be, which everybody wants to be like a right? Like those are the people we see on the television screen at the Olympics, getting all the glory, you know, and that's changing now because of social media. And I love to see it. And all um, members of like our track and field teams and stuff are being celebrated, all specialty areas of the sport. Um, but when I was growing up, that's like, you know, people still talk about someone like a Flojo, right? Yep. Um, because who couldn't? Like, she's irresistible. She had style and like was just so fun to watch but I think that you know we really need to think about just like if you see and you're watching someone at practice excel as the intervals are getting longer or really enjoying themselves in like tough workouts during a cross-country season you know definitely encourage that kid to keep like moving up until you kind of just I feel like it's like trial and error. I don't know about you guys, but like with high school, like no one really knows like what they're doing. I'm sure there's amazing programs out there. I was in charge of, you know, seating programs for high school athletes at New Balance for a time. Um, and so I know that there's like these insane elite level high school programs, but most schools in America are not that way. And it's kind of fun because every, every kid kind of has a chance to, see what they're good out good at and kind of figure that out. And I think that that those conversations are important. And so if another if a kid isn't ever encouraged to try something that they wouldn't necessarily wouldn't be like necessarily their first pick for an event, 
because it lasts a little longer. Um, you know, I think it's like it behooves like the people that are a part of our sport and coaching and stuff to to encourage kids to try different things. Let me um, ask. Think- let me ask you this: in terms of encouraging to try different things, and 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 I, you said I, I hit a nerve. Awesome! I'm going to keep trying to do that, and perhaps all of a sudden you'll be like, "Gosh darn it, Mike, just stop that." One of the things that I wonder when you said trial and error is, it seems like it's now okay. I mean, we have already indicated at the onset of some changes that we were making. For those of you who have been kind enough to track with us for quite some time, you may remember the program we did with our friends from the partnership of Southern Equity and just a kind of a full investigation of our own organization where we said, man, we are less than 9% black in our organization in a city like Atlanta. And I went on record of saying that's shameful. That's impossible for me to fathom if now I look at it in a place like Atlanta. I get it if you look at our type of operation in another community altogether. But in Atlanta, how could that possibly be? We must not be doing enough to use your phrase trial and error. How does this land these days? If I was a coach, because you almost, you know, took us to the place where you're inviting coaches or you are almost recommending to coaches. If someone says they have that influence, they are that coach, they are that encourager. I'm sick of not having, in certain number here, it might be zero Mm -hmm. black, whether it's men or women on my cross country team Mm -hmm. and going to these young men and women and saying, I want you to at least trial and error whether you could help me or whether we can together change that. Are we at a place now where that kind of transparency, that type of challenge is not only okay, but maybe encouraged? Yeah, I mean, I am a pretty optimistic person, so I would answer that by saying, yes, I hope so. I hope people are having these kind of conversations, right? Like, on one hand, like, we're talking about like race in running but on the other hand it's not that complicated it's sports right it's supposed to be fun and it's a thing that's like all inclusive and it really we love sports because it it gets in there to like the you know talking about the human spirit right and like what's possible right and pushing yourself and hard work and all these different like values that you learn from being a part of um, a team or just involved in an athletic endeavor. And so I feel like, yeah, I mean, I just would want to make sure that from like a high school programming kind of standpoint that coaches are making sure that they're encouraging all the kids that are there on the team um, to try different things and that they're paying attention to what is what it is that these people actually excel in so that they can encourage them in areas where they'll see success no matter what that is. And distance running specifically, I mean, there are so many different body types right like when yep. you look at it the people that have been successful from all over the world that participate for it and so to me it just like in my mind it just makes perfect sense that you see a kid that's ex- excelling here and you think they may have some potential no matter what it is that they look like on the outside then just keep trying push them you know and see 
like and and you know throw them in some different events so they can mix it up and see what it's like be like my coaches who are like you're doing great now in the mile and you started in the two mile and we expect you if you want to get better year over year to be a part of our cross country program which was something that hadn't like occurred to me you know um usually cross country programs are a lot smaller and um and I definitely feel like they start to, you, you know, you definitely start to find like a less diverse group of kids, right? Because it is like kind of honing in on one area of running, um, which is distance events. Um, so yeah, just like little things like that. And then the other thing I really want to speak to, which has been really important, and I've talked about this before, but it is like so key um, and it's obviously representation. So at every age, whether you're in high school or you're somebody who just started running now, there's like your people in your running community. And those running that running community has publications or like you know about like ads and articles and information, magazines. And this is what I was talking about like with media where you're, you're um, reading up on your sport and you're getting educated and if you're in high school you know you're like being inspired right um and so it is really important to see um faces that look like the world that mirror the world not just your own um but definitely to have some of the diversity there in like what you're seeing is the people that are a part of your sport because if you only see one kind of person and that person looks nothing like you and lives in an area very different from your own um, that has very different challenges than your own, right? Like in their community, maybe you think, of course, like this sport, like, isn't for me, you know? Um, or maybe like, can I even excel in this sport? Because I don't have like, a mountain vista backyard where I'm like training every day and two parents that like, you know, come to every race of mine, right? Like I feel like running is such a democratic sport. And so I don't understand, I guess, like why we don't have um, more broad like representation for the people that participate because the sport the proof is in the pudding. Like you can't, it's not like an objective sport. Like your time is what you earn during that race. And it's on you as an individual. And I feel like the same thing shows for the people collectively around the globe that are involved. There's these beautiful running traditions in so many different cultures, South America and Africa, right on and on. Um, and, you know, I just think that, we should really, this is a good time for us to be having these conversations about diversity because it's pretty simple. There's complicated issues, it's layered, but like you can definitely kind of like filter it through this like very simple thing that we should reflect the world. Well, and you're in a position of influence now with that global marketing manager at New Balance. And I will tell you, and I have not thought about it previously, 
when I've been on my soapbox in terms of race. I'm fully willing to admit that, but it's been well over a decade that I remember going to our manufacturers and whether it was advertising that was being done. And this was, you know, to some degree, even before the very fast trajectory of social. So it might've been television. It might've been some kind of digital. It certainly was print. And I'm like, wow, those people are beautiful, but they don't look like anything or anyone who's coming to Big Peach Running Company on a regular basis, why can't we have those people? Because the people I was seeing, they were usually by themselves. They apparently didn't have a job because they were in this beautiful location so far from civilization with this awesome backdrop. Of course, their body type was perfect. They might as well have been on the cover of other magazines, not just whatever catalog I might have been looking at. And now you have this role at New Balance. What do you see right in front of your very eyes in terms of us being optimistic that yes, what is really the sport of running where stereotypes are rightfully dead as it relates to body types and age and race and longevity and all that. Is that going to change? Will that be something that whether New Balance leads it or the entire industry gets with it, what do you see happening over the next couple of years as it relates to who we think is really the runner out there? Yeah, that is a great question. And um, I have so many thoughts about what you just said, but <laughs> I mainly just agree wholeheartedly. Um, and I feel so a couple things from like a very personal standpoint, like I'm at New Balance in this role and, you know, was hired to do this job working in marketing. And so and every day from my running team, I feel the support of um, having my voice heard and being a contributing member to our team and people like, you know, respecting and considering my opinions. And um, I feel so fortunate to be able to collaborate um, across like our organization with other teams, people in product, people in you know, um, PR. Um, and so I just want to say that I feel really fortunate to have that kind of atmosphere because I know that not at every workplace, um, people feel like it's okay to say how they feel and to offer their opinions, um, on things like this, but it's my job to do storytelling. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that if anybody and this is the lesson and the value in diversity. Like, it's not just important to diversify a space because it benefits a group that was once marginalized. It's beneficial, and this is something that I really want people to hear loud and clear, because it benefits all of us, right? Like, Including the business. Yes, would... yes, it, exactly, from a business sense. There's so many now um, like social science reports that you can read about how companies that have um, diverse like senior leadership or, you know, um, have more women than many places on uh, like in leadership positions at their company tend to be thriving um, and more so than their um, competition, right, in the same industry. And the reason for that 
is because all of us are people with individual experiences and we bring that stuff to work with us no matter what it is that we're doing at any given company. And really what it means to me, because I love people and um, I'm a, like definitely like in the camp that like when you listen to a person's story, no matter how like different they may seem from you or how boring they might seem when you actually sit down and listen to any person's story on the planet there's always like a good story there there's always something to learn and something interesting that comes um, from learning someone else's story so you get diversity of thought is what i'm getting at and diversity of thought is what allows businesses to be nimble what allows them to connect with their consumer and to sell things so that it makes sense for the time, right? Like in the context, you know, there's so many things about diversity that are super healthy for a business. And if at any place you go to is just like homogeneous, it's not helpful. And you're always gonna have areas that are real big pain points and blind spots that are not helpful or like, the growth of your So I would say that in this current climate, if in as any company's best in the running industry to really understand um, like who their running consumer is. And it's not just um, ex cross country runners from a college program. Do you know what I mean? It's not that. It's people who are starting because of this terrible pandemic to run for the first time that we want to make feel welcome um, and like really encourage them to like feel happy and a part of the community in this beautiful sport. You know, um, there's so many reasons why people run. Um, I know for me that I have an elite background, but I don't feel like myself. Um, if I go too many days without running. So, so from just like a mental health perspective, I just feel better, you know? Um, and I can definitely notice a marked change in just like my overall mood and well-being when I'm not being, when I'm not running. And that is specific to running, not just like being physically active, but, you know, I love being outside in nature as a distance runner. So like my favorite place to run is some kind of trail in trees or green near water, whatever. But yeah, I think that companies are not gonna, they're honestly companies that aren't thinking about this kind of thing and thinking about their running consumer um, in this way are not going to make it quite frankly. I think that um, also, you know, as it behooves a company to think about um, some younger generations and the things that they're into um, outside of running, um, like, you know, what's happening in society. Um, 2020 has been a rough year because, you know, we're watching like California just be on fire, right? And like all these natural disasters. And so I you know, you don't have to necessarily get into this like political space to think just broadly about, again, keeping it simple, about people and about human beings who are part of your sport and the things that they might be concerned about 
and um, that they're coming from all walks of life and that like they're, you know, we're all living in this <laughs> in the United States or on the planet like together, right? And so you wanna make sure that like you're offering um, images that reflect this consumer that you want, that you're offering products that reflect this consumer that you want and that you wanna keep as they go through life, right? Um, High school cross country, again, so fun to watch, but um, the people that I see when I go out on runs at the parks near my house are not like just 16 year olds in spikes, right? Like they're um, somebody's parent or grandparent um, that's just like getting out there and mixing it up, you know, so. Well, and if you think about, you know, some of the, things that are possible in the future as well as the the past that you have and i i think about let's say it's a you're involved in the performance running portion of new balance's business mm-hmm. in your estimation if all of a sudden i was looking at the fall 21 catalog maybe it's online maybe you've gone to the trouble of printing it for me mm-hmm. what should be on the cover of that at this point when we think of 12 months from now because i know what's been on the covered in the past it's either been the hero product or mm-hmm. it's been the elite runners for New Balance. Right. And in both instances, I'm left wanting more. And what I really want is what you just kind of outlined for us, Samia. Yeah. That this is available to everyone. And just this hero product isn't going to be, in most instances, even as cool as it is. Fuel foam and fresh foam X and all these other things. Those are awesome. And some of them have a wider play than others. But some of that hero product is a pretty small percentage of your business and ours. And Jenny Berenger Simpson, that's awesome. She's had an amazing career and we're all gonna support her when she's on the start line and she's wearing the same colors that we do because we're all Americans. Right. But that's not who's really buying this product at Big Peach Running Company or perhaps thinking about, is New Balance the brand for me? So what does it maybe look like in 12 months, 24 months? You know, what I hope it looks like, right, um, is that we show like different use cases. Mm. I am a big fan of like scrolling through websites that show, um, you know, their consumers, what this product like looks like. First of all, what the use cases are, because if we're talking about performance running, you want to know about all the bells and whistles of this stuff that you're, this gear that you're purchasing. Um, and so, um, it's not just going to be like a shiny shoe on a page. And then, um, like you want to have some information and then sort of, you know, when you go beyond that, like, I want to see different types of people wearing that product and how it's going to look on a body that doesn't look like my body. Right. Which is kind of tall and narrow. Right. So I want to see what it looks like on um, what would be like a snapshot of the people that are kind of like participating in our sport, right? Um, From the elite um, all the way down to the people who are just like fed because of the pandemic thinking like, I wonder if I could like run a mile, you know? Like, can I do that? I've never been a runner, I'm gonna try it. (laughs) And so, um, yeah, to answer your question, that's, that's what I would love to see. And I know that I'm not alone in that. And it's quite frankly, pretty trite when we use only 
elite runners as the representation for our sport. They are aspirational and they um, provide a lot of inspiration for so many reasons. Um, but like I said, I really believe that running is so relatable and such a simple sport um, that I don't know why we wouldn't capitalize and share that like when it comes to um, our marketing and how we're informing people about like being a part of this community and sort of luring them in that like you belong here, you know, like if you run, like I said at the beginning, then you're a runner. Like you don't have to have completed a race to be a runner. Uh, I don't care if that's a mile or a marathon, you know, but if you're running regularly um, or you're out there and you like the sport and you've kind of taken some time off because of an injury and you're coming back, like you're still a runner, you know? Um, I feel like a marathon in one sense has always been a cool race for me because whether you're running like 221 or 435, you are still, uh, you still feel like 26 miles is a daunting undertaking. You still have to pay attention to all of the extra things outside of running, like nutrition and hydration and getting your rest and that sort of thing and timing those things right, like for race day. So um, I don't understand. I'm with you. Like, I don't. I'm sure you can sense some frustration, right? Because I've been a part of this sport for a long, long time and I love it and I want other people to love it. Like why we haven't done more. I do, I will say that I believe we're getting there and that brands are understanding that. And that now because of this like uh, kind of like revolution and as Americans, we're kind of dealing with things that have always been on the table, but we haven't necessarily dealt with in the last year, that because of this outside conversation, that it's really bleeding into everything we do. And I think it's a really healthy conversation to have. And so people are ready, companies are ready to make these changes and adjustments and get real, you know, and start reflecting the people that are actually a part of the running community. You know? Well, and I would agree. I think there's been more progress in the last two years than in the 16 plus that Big Peach Running Company has been around. And New Balance, quite frankly, <laughs> has always been kind of at the forefront, I think, about relationships that we've mm -hmm. seen and had the good fortune of participating from breast cancer walks to girls on the run to yeah. very... Um, much what would be considered couch to 5k programs with no expectation that anybody's going to win their age group or perhaps mm -hmm. even, you know, sign up to do it again and may very yeah. well and very comfortably and very wonderfully, you know, walk the entire thing. So New Balance has always been for us kind of that tip of the spear of welcoming everyone and ensuring that everyone is, is, is represented. You know, we have a campaign that as you were going through, I'm like, man, she's indicating it from a vernacular standpoint, better than what we could, but now we got to bring imagery to it. D2 created a campaign for us this summer, All Runners Welcome, and that was in place long before we knew what the summer was going to bring. Yeah. And we're going to obviously stick with it. It's always what we've kind of felt like was the ethos of our brand anyway, but it yeah. needs to be more than just a campaign, right? Ultimately, there mm -hmm. needs to be evidence 
of what that yeah. really means, whether it's for New Balance or any other manufacturing brand, whether it's for Big Peach Running Company or some other retailer that does have equipment mm-hmm. and knowledge that can be shared and should be mm-hmm. generously shared. So one thing I have to ask, because we get this all the time, everybody thinks, and when I've had other people on this, I always say, I've got the best job in the world, no question about it. But some of my partners in the manufacturing side would say, no, 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 that's not true. I have the best job. I know there are people who time races or are race directors. They think that they do. But Mm -hmm. whether or not we're all right, what is it knowing that some would say, well, Samia, she has the best job. If she's the global (laughs) marketing manager at New Balance and gets to have influence in areas like this and work on cool projects like I'm already loosely aware of, how do you find yourself in this type of position any for those job seeking or aspirational not runners but mm-hmm. occupationists that are still trying to say that perfect job for me is out there any guidance that you would give them um i would say that did not discount like i came from a professional running background but before right before i started with um, New Balance as a tech rep, right? I worked at a running store. Um, Excellent. That was <laughs> um, which? Which I one? I, I have to ask. I'm a, there... Pacers running store. Which I one was it? I'm sorry. Pacers. Pacers. Running store. Our friends. Yes. All right, Chris Farley. Both. There's your shout out. I still believe we have Chris a better podcast, but Chris is going to take exception to that. Either way, we're fans <laughs> of the Pacers crew yeah. in the DC area. All right, so that's good to yeah. know that part of your background. All my research on you, that did not turn up. So I'm glad I've, I've discovered no, yeah. that now. I was I was um, an assistant store manager at Pacers Running Store. I worked in a few different locations, but um, I've known Chris in particular for some time because he knew my college coach, Matt Centrowitz, senior. And um, after college, I kind of stayed in the area and after running professionally i wasn't sure what i was kind of going to do next um so that's my first tip is that like that's okay um and i've talked about this before like i don't give a lot of advice but i know for myself um that every time i've kind of like i come from a place of yes and i'm not like super averse to taking risks and i feel like that's been a gift for me because um i thought about wanting to run professionally and then i really just did it i found something that clicked i had a coach that offered to coach me right and then i just went for it you know and i wasn't sure that I was going to get an official sponsorship, which I did eventually get with Reebok. Um, But it all kind of came together. And same thing, working at Pacers, it was like, again, I'm in my wheelhouse with my community, talking about running stuff with um, uh, people who are runners and walkers. And it was so much fun. And Pacers was like, that's my run specialty family. That's where I kind of started. And then from there, I met the New Balance tech rep. And that's how, and he got promoted to go to Boston. And then that position became open. And I was asked if that would be something I would be interested in from a brand standpoint. So that's kind of how I started at New Balance. And so I think like, you know, 
I I knew something about what the tech rep position was, but it was very different than what I was doing. But I immediately said yes, because again, this is an opportunity to work in something that you love and a great way to get your foot in the door with a company that you might be interested in. Um, and that's kind of how things have gone for me. Like opportunities um, come up sometimes and even if you're not 100% sure of everything that's involved, if it feels good, you know, try it, do it. I mean, it's a little bit like what I was talking about with high school running and trying new events. Take the leap. That's what I would encourage people to do. You're always allowed to change your mind in life. It's okay if you try something and it feels terrible. Um, the first time I did a 10K, I think I threw my spikes at Coach Centrowitz and I was so <laughs> bored. Not, not even my teammates were really cheering for me. It was like taking so long. It was at the end of the meet. Um, and I was like, this event like really stinks. And then you get that kind of like taste of being competitive and you excel. And then it starts to become really fun, right? <laughs> um, so I think that uh, I think that you can take those same principles and apply them to your career. So I started off as a tech rep and then um, I really like put my heart and soul into it. Like I do anything that I'm going to be focusing on in life and um, it worked out and I was able and I, and I was then asked about like, well, would you be interested in doing um, high school events and like coming to like Boston HQ to work at New Balance? And from there, that's how I kind of got um, started in the marketing department and at our headquarters in general. And so I think, and okay, one thing I quickly want to point out is that I, to this day, like I'm in Virginia currently working from home. My husband is a teacher, a math teacher, high school math teacher in Arlington County. And so we, we never technically like fully moved when I agreed to take that position. So I think that there were other people that like were kind of looking at me like, well, you're going to move to Boston and like is you know, did Corey move there yet? Or like, what's going on? You know, um, how are you going to make this work? And it's kind of like, well, there, where there's a will, and Corey's obviously extremely supportive, um, which is great uh, to have. But my point is, I said yes um, because I was so excited about this opportunity, and I knew it was something I couldn't turn down. And again, it could have gone, like some people may have thought, like horribly wrong, right? I could have been so stressed out and um, not liked what I was doing, but that's not what happened. And um, I learned an immense amount and I've learned and grown an immense amount um, just being on this running team in marketing. And I've since been, um, you know, promoted and moved on to different roles and worked on different things on this running team. Um, and so I think that I just really want to encourage people to try things. You know, if something piques your interest, as far as like career stuff goes, 
ask around, but don't listen to what other people are thinking and saying and commenting about it. How do you feel about this opportunity? Are you excited, you know, or are you like totally turned off by it? You kind of have to decide that for yourself. And I would say, because I'm a very intuitive person, that's just like my personality, that like trust yourself, you know? Um, and conversely, you know, one thing that I'll say is that every time I leaned into doing something that I was really excited about, but other people kind of thought I was crazy for, like um, beginning a professional running career, like. So many people were like, what is that? Like, what even is that? You're not getting drafted to do this. You're not making some crazy amount of money. Um, like, what are you talking about? That's not like a job. You graduated from college. Um, but I also had a lot of really supportive people um, that love me and want to see me happy. And just don't forget that like, happiness is a part of your success as a human being. So when it comes to this industry, if people are asking you things or you're interested in exploring something that somebody you see somebody doing and you've met someone at like an expo or in the store or somebody from a brand comes into your door and they're talking to you about some stuff that you're working on, be curious, talk to them, you know, make a connection and just keep thinking about like what it is that you want to do and when opportunities present themselves or you or whether it's you like really going after something and inquiring about it try it that's what i said you know try it and see how it goes um and i promise like if you hate it then you'll know like, you need to do something else and if you love it it'll just continue to um give back to you you know, you'll always be learning and kind of like moving up. Kind of my thought. Well, and I love the fact that you gave us a few tidbits that we can sink our teeth into. First of all, for those of you who did not write this down, be open, <laughs> be curious, try it and this may be a shameless plug d2 but i know we've talked to others in our industry they too got their start at the local running store so yeah. here it is for those who did not know where this we'll put it in our show notes this was not intended go to our homepage about there is a tab work at bprc if you want to be in the running industry like samia someday <laughs> you may just have a story that suggests you started at big peach running company we have team members who are now alumni almost in every brand in the industry. And it's similar to Samia's story where they were open, they were curious, and they did ultimately try it. And hopefully in most instances, just like her, you will love it. She is Samia Akbar. I will tell you, you are a true friend to the runners, to the walkers, to the pedestrian active enthusiasts. You of course are a powerful force in our industry. And I am so thankful for that. But most importantly, what I have learned, what I have researched, and now what I have heard, you are just a beautiful human being, Samia. So thank you for your time and your thank generosity today. Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait. I, I don't know if I told you this, but my parents, they retired in Atlanta and I've gotten oh, wow. a chance to Andrew 
right? Um, and like, and since being down there, but I just can't wait to like drop by one of you guys' stores one day. I've told all my mom's friends who are actually doing the virtual New York City Marathon to go into the store and get fitted for shoes. So I know that that's happening, but I'm a fan of yours. And thank you so much for having me. Well, gosh, it was our pleasure. And now that we know that we'll have the good fortune of your company at some point, certainly let us know when you are coming to town or I will shake it out of Andrew to make sure he gives us advance notice. And we'll do this live as soon as we can get a little less than six feet apart and we have you in our fair city. It would be awesome to have you right here in studio. And yet we uh, we appreciate you doing it for us this way and for all the guidance and just all the love that you so easily share. It is appreciated. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and of course, we'll be right back after this very brief message. Shopping for a runner can be difficult, but Big Peach gift cards make it a whole lot easier. They're perfect for birthdays, holidays, or any occasion to show you support a healthy and active lifestyle. Gift cards are also perfect for the workplace as an incentive, reward, or thank you for a job well done. Big Peach Running Company gift cards are available at all seven locations and online at bigpeachrunningco.com. And welcome back to the Run ATL podcast. Samia, new friend, D2, probably friends with everyone. When you have a personality that is just that much like Sunshine, my guess is you make friends pretty easily. Yeah, I mean, the fact that, you know, her parents live here in the area and that she will, you know, hopefully make a trip down here uh, gives us the opportunity to actually, you know, meet you know, her face to face, you know, and seems like she's mask to mask, mask to mask. Yes. And, you know, the fact that she's interested in trail running, you know, and, you know, asked us off mic for some, um, you know, suggestions of where to run uh, and, and to explore some new trails. Uh, you know, it's very cool. That is very cool. I would very much look forward to running somewhere between a half and three quarters of a mile behind her based on her pace and maybe <laughs> the best that we could muster. One of the cool things, New Balance, we mentioned them at the onset and having a chance now a couple of times over the course of the last few months to speak to former elite athletes, very much current influencers in their business. The holiday season, there's going to be a lot more New Balance on display at Big Peach Running Company. They are the main thrust these days for our BPRC and our Run ATL collections, both that do really well for good reason this time of year. They make an incredible gift. They're awesome. I buy for myself to this day because I always want the latest of those particular collections. New Balance and the work that they're doing, so cool partially because of the fact that, yeah, they've got great product, but they also have great ideas when it comes to localizing something like an apparel collection that all of us can feel good about. Yeah, I mean, they're obviously a valued partner. Um, and like you said, they, they, they you know, have great product. And, you know, we've seen it with, you know, shoes this past year and even the last several years that have continued to improve, you know, like the New Balance 1080. And, and, and now, you know, we're excited to, you know, see some things that are coming up next year. But, you know, the product selection as far as apparel is, is really, really good. And it's, you know, the fact that we're able to kind of co-brand you know with our you know most popular you know uh, collection which is run atl is really good and you know i think i've said it in the past i think this is our most extensive collection the deepest that we've gone into uh, as far as offering a variety of styles and options both in you know it used to be that we only did just tops mm -hmm. and now we've got bottoms as well and i think that's great and i think they you know whether it's for yourself and you're asking for yourself whether you're buying for yourself or you're asking for yourself or you're shopping for someone else i think they make 
great options. For sure. You can check it out online at bigpeachrunningco.com. Obviously, that collection in stores right now cannot promise you that your sizes or everything will be there. If you do not hustle, this stuff will go very quickly. Check it out immediately. That's not just shameless promotion. It is very, very true. Thanks to our friends at New Balance for introducing us to Samia. Certainly enjoyed that introduction. Thanks to Samia for spending that time with us and giving us the insight that I know we can all use. And certainly, D2, thanks again to you for what you do, my friend. We are quickly approaching the end of 2020. Some of us are like, oh, thank goodness. But one thing that will not change before this year is over and into the future. Every two weeks, you can count on the Run ATL podcast coming your way. Share it with a friend. Make sure you subscribe. If you have any feedback for us, it's simply podcast at bigpeachrunningco.com. But for now, we bid you adieu. We come back in a fortnight. Like we say, certainly we mean between now and then, may your best miles be those covered on foot. Thank you.